Thank you for coming. Well, it surely is an honor to be here this morning. I appreciate that great message and uh, convicted my heart. I was thinking as he was preaching about those, about those four men. Before they could ever done that, Brother Wenzel, they had to get their self out of the way. Now, I want to sort of deal with some of that this morning if the Lord will help me about our old self-life and all these things that hinder us from preparing for a breakthrough. If you're really going to prepare for a breakthrough like the man of God just preached, you're going to have to get yourself out of the way. And there'll have to be some sacrifices made. You're going to spend time with God seeking him, amen. So I appreciate that great challenge to my heart. I want God to help me to be a better soul winner, amen. I want to love souls. I'm glad somebody loved me. Yes. I was working at a little old convenience store and a man walked up one Sunday morning and handed me a track. All this I did for thee. Fellowship track, Lee. He said, sir, you want her percent for sure if you'd die right now, you'd go to heaven. Okay, I was in church. I was working on Sunday, though, and I said yes with my mouth, but for the first time, my heart condemned me. Something on the inside said, no, uh-uh. And from that little gesture, and I've, I've looked up the man, I've met him, I've sat and cried with him and talked to him and thanked him a hundred times for having me that track that morning. Care enough about me to do that for me. And it led to my salvation. It started something working in me. And I am very, very fond and very grateful and I try to put out tracks. I love it. It's a great, simple, easy tool to put somebody in somebody's hands and they can read the gospel, amen. And uh, I thank God for that. <clears throat> for the Lord to help me, I, want, I hope the Lord will help me to convey what I'm trying to say this morning. But I want you to take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter number 9. Luke chapter number 9 this morning. I appreciate the presence of the Lord here today. I thank those of you that have texted me and said you prayed for me. I've tried to pray for you as well. There's one thing about it, men, we need the Lord. We can't do what we're doing by ourselves. If we did, it wouldn't amount to nothing anyhow. If you're physically able this morning, Luke chapter number 9, we'll stand in honor of the Word of God. We're going to go down to verse number 57. Luke chapter 9 and verse 57. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes. 
Birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. But he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Thank you. You may be seated. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful this morning to be alive and to be saved by the grace of God and to be in this great church this morning and to have have the wonderful opportunity to open your precious word and say a few words. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that you'll take our few words this morning, convey it to the heart of men and women, boys and girls before us this morning. Lord, I know that there's always chances and opportunities of you changing our lives. And Lord, with this first message from Brother Winslow, Lord, I pray that you will change my life and help me to improve in that area of winning souls. And Lord, I know if we're going to do that, we're going to have to do what I'm getting ready to preach about. We're going to have to get self out of the way. So Lord, I pray you'll help us to do that. Lord, I pray you'll bless this place the remainder of this week. Bless Brother Shiflett. Give him him the desires of his heart. Bless these precious people before us today, Lord. Stir their hearts and help us this morning and do a work, God, that only you'll do. And I pray you'll change us for time and eternity. For it's in Jesus' name we humbly pray. Amen. I want to draw your attention back to two words in verse number 59 and verse number 61. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, let uh, Lord suffer me first to go and bury my father. Verse 61, he said, another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid farewell which are at home at my house. I want to draw your attention to those two words in those verses, me first. Me first. Me first. There's not a human on this earth that does not have a problem with me first. Me first is pumped into our minds constantly through Hollywood, the sports world, the workforce, and yes, sometimes our churches. The philosophy of a self-promoting, self-centered, self-hungry world is me first. Me first is in the workforce. Me first is with worldly pleasure. Me first is found in wealth. Me first is in the will of man. Me first is the wisdom of man. Uh, The plaguing hinders to many of believers' growth and spiritual maturity is me first. Me first is one of the world's most powerful forces that drives people to forget about everybody but themselves. Me first is many times behind the driving force of dishonesty. It's the driving force behind deception, disobedience, disgrace, division. I would say many times it's the driving force behind divorce, discord, discouragement, defeat, and on and on we go. When we think about me first, we are able because of the Bible to trace its origin. 
we must go back further than even Genesis 1 where the Bible records once where an anointed cherub who God himself said this in Ezekiel 28, 15, thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Well, what was that iniquity? It was me first. If you to turn to Isaiah 14, 12 through 15, we're familiar with these verses. If not, turn there and you can read those verses while I talk about it. Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 15. We know this is in reference to Satan and he said these several statements in those verses. I will, that's me first. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. That's me first. I will set also upon the mount. That's me first. I will ascend above. I will be like the most high. That's me first. And I would dare say that if, if, when I am and if you are having the attitude of me first, that you're having the attitude that Satan had himself. So there's not only the origin, but... Uh, we can trace the outreach of this, me first. Ezekiel 28, 13, thou hast been in the garden, the Eden of the garden of God. Me first found the couple in the garden and persuaded them and deceived, and deceived them to put me first. First Timothy 2, 14, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Adam went in sin with his eyes wide open. Me first got into what would be the entire human race. I want to say that me first is in our nature. It's in our blood. It's in our will. It's in our minds. It's in our makeup. It's something that we received all the way back from the fall in the Garden of Eden. It's embedded in us. Sure. Me first. Come on, I, sometimes I get so sick of me. I am my worst enemy. Genesis 4, 8, and Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Me first in his anger and rage and jealousy just didn't kill, but the word slew means that he slaughtered his brother. It was in fierce, hot anger that Cain did such a horrible thing. Me first became the first murderer. And me first has been behind the millions and millions of other murders that have taken place since then. Me first. You travel through the many, many of the kings of Israel and find me first. Among some of the bad ones was Ahab and Manassas and we it was me first. Some among the better ones, we, we find me first in Hezekiah and David and Solomon. The New Testament, Herod, Felix, and Agrippa, me first, me first. It's all me first. And so me first had its origin. It's had its outreach. It's reached uh, the entire world. In our generation, in this society, isn't it all about me first? I mean, we're plagued with the idea and it's promoted and pushed down our throats. Uh, it's about you. It's got to be about me. No. The greatest obstacle of mankind, I believe, is me first. Uh, we do not have to hesitate to say that me first is a daily obstacle to you and I as believers. 
Uh, one of the greatest Christians that ever lived was the Apostle Paul. I believe you'd agree with that. He said this in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I died daily. Well, why did, why did he have to die daily? Because me first would get in the way. And he had to get me first out of the way and put Jesus first. Me first, my friend, is not going away. You are going to meet it every morning you get up. Me first is there every morning we wake up, almost every step that we take. Uh, me first is an obstacle, uh, one of the greatest obstacles, a daily obstacle that you and I face every day. And not only that, but I want to say that this me first is the obstacle in our decision making. Uh, why is it such an obstacle? Because me first will not take the time to seek and ask the Lord to find his will in the matter. It's what I want to do. Uh, me first is the root of a lot and most probably all bad decision making. Me first brings nothing but trouble with it. Uh, me first brings uh, a lot of regret and sorrow with it. Me first has gotten many a person out of the will of God for their lives. Me first is an obstacle. And so it's not only that, but it's an obstacle in our devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. Me first takes away our enthusiasm for Christ and his cause. The excitement, the thrill to live for Jesus fades away when me first comes around. So me first is an obstacle. It's a daily obstacle. It's an obstacle to our decisions. It's an obstacle to our devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. But here in our text, in these verses here, we can see that me first, of course, is an obstacle to our discipleship. And not a whole lot of folk are interested in that. But we are disciples of Christ. And so, you know, uh, discipleship. The, the certain man in verses 57 and 58, it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and uh, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Uh, you know, this, this certain man here, he was making a big promise. He was speaking very hastily. Uh, me first was in it he, uh, for what he thought he could get, some kind of advantage for following the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord's response to that was one of caution. And he said in verse, he says here in verse number 58, listen, I'm telling you, sir, foxes have holes and birds there have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. Uh, the Lord's response was one of caution. The way of the Lord was walking was not going to be an easy way to go. I'm going to tell you, there's joy in the journey. I thank God there's joy in the journey. I love serving God. It's the greatest life that God's ever given me. I wouldn't trade for nothing in the world, amen. I'm so glad that God saved me. I'm glad God a few years later called me to preach. I'm glad he's let me serve him all these years, almost 40 years. I praise him for that. There's been, there's great joy, more joy than anything in my life. But brother, along the way, you're gonna have some humps and bumps. There's gonna be some times that you cry yourself to sleep. There's gonna be some times that you have 
have some pressing needs. There are going to be some times when you get sick. There are going to be some times when you have to go to the graveyard. There are going to be some times when you're discouraged and defeated along the way. But I'm going to tell you, my friend, serving Christ and following him, he makes it all worth it all. Oh, I'm so glad the better outweighs the bad. The good outweighs the bad. I'm glad the Lord always rewards us a lot more than all the, all the bad stuff we can talk about, all the war stories we have, preachers. I'm so glad God is far better than that. I can't get focused on all that junk. I gotta keep my eyes on Jesus. I gotta keep living for him and looking to him. I can't look at all the negative stuff. You can't live for God looking at all the negative stuff. Praise God, you gotta lift your eyes up above this old sin cursed world. I had to learn that early in life. I mean, when I first got saved, I wasn't saved but about two years and my, my dear pastor had got messed up. He'd already been messed up. And, uh, and uh, I mean bad. I'm a young convert. My preacher's messed up, preacher. I get another pastor. It ain't too long he messes up, preacher. And I grew up as a young convert not having... It seemed like Brother Brown, anybody that was real, anybody that, that was who they said they was behind the pulpit, uh, had their sin, the skeletons come up and called them and caught up with them. Uh, uh, brother, it pays to live right. It pays to live clean. It pays to keep your sins confessed. It pays to stay close to Jesus and hate sin and love him. I tell you, brother, it pays to live right. Amen. But I got to looking at all that stuff and I almost walked out the church door one day and I said, if this is all they are to it, they ain't nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. They ain't nobody real. And the Lord grabbed the hold of my heart and he said, boy, he said, you're gonna have to do something right now or you'll never make it. You're gonna have to lift your eyes up above man and get them on me. I'm so glad the Holy Ghost helped me do that. And I'm trying to keep them there ever since. I'll tell you, the best of the best will let you down. We can't put our confidence in man. We gotta put our confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God for my brothers and I love them and I pray for them. But we're all bunch of flesh and but for the grace of God, we'd be in a mess before the sun went down. And so, he's telling this, this man, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make a name for myself. I'm not trying to get rich. I'm trying to live my life and die on the cross so I can make others rich in me, amen. And so a certain man was making this big promise and then Jesus reaches out to another in verses 59 and 60. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first. Go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury the dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Hear me first. He defers the Lord's will till some other time. Let me stay with my dad till he dies. And Jesus says, uh, you need to do my will now. Old Matt Codge, brother, brother Winslow made a reference to old brother Matt Codge. Brother, I'm telling you, if you can find any of his CDs, I'd, I'd, I'd tell you to get them, brother. One of them old-fashioned, old-time mountain preachers, brother. Man, I love to hear that old, that old man of God preach, brother. I'm telling you, he has my heart advertising for Jesus. Amen. What a message, amen. But anyhow, 
I, I, I want to say this, uh, that uh, put, uh, putting Jesus on the waiting list, that's why I was going with that, putting Jesus on the waiting list. Uh, this is what this, this man's doing. He says, not, not right now, let, let, the, uh, let, me, let me first go bury my father. Jesus said, you need to go with me now. Don't put Jesus on the waiting list. You know, I've heard of preachers, I went this way. They were that way. That's between them and God. I heard preachers running from the call to preach for years. I'll be honest, Brother, brother Schiff, that I, I didn't run from it. I was wanting to do it. I had a desire to do it. I believe there's something about that. That desire, ain't it? Desire. God put a desire in my heart. Man, I was watching these other. I said, boy, I'm, yeah. I, I wasn't one of them folks that run from preaching for 20, 10 or 15 years and God had to half kill me to get me to preach. Uh, brother, watch it. I, I, I actually really wanted to. I hope they ain't nothing wrong with that. I don't guess they are. I wanted to preach, amen. And I ain't never made much of a one, but I sure do love trying to do, man. That's right. Amen. Don't put Jesus on the wait list. There could be a young man here today. Maybe God's putting his finger on your heart. Maybe he's been dealing with you about preaching. Don't put it off. Don't run from it. And I know us preachers give out a lot of advice sometimes, and I do tell people, I say, well, if you can keep from doing it, don't do it. But if you can't keep from doing it, you might as well go ahead and do it. Amen. I couldn't get away from it. I didn't want to get away from it. Praise God, that's right. So another one speaks up in verses 61 and 62. And it says, another also said, Lord, I'll follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, no man hadn't put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And so, but let me first spend time with my family. Under the first, the first man here in our text, Jesus reminded him of the, of the cost of discipleship. To the second man, he, he uh, reminds him uh, of the claims of discipleship. And then in this, this third man, he reminded him of the conditions of discipleship. He said, once you put your hand to the plow, don't need to, ain't no need to look back, amen. That's right, don't, don't look back. Don't, don't, you've got to be fully persuaded you're going all the way, amen. I want to say praise God ever since I got saved. Thank God I ain't ever wanted to look back. Oh, no, sir, friend. I know what God saved me out of. Oh, listen, friend, I ain't never wanted to look back. I ain't even had no desire to even have any of that junk anymore. God so saved me and changed me. I thought, praise God, what Jesus is offering is so much better than what the world's got. I don't need none of that junk. Praise God, Jesus makes me happy. The Holy Spirit makes me happy. The Father makes me happy. The Bible makes me happy. The church makes me happy. My friends make me happy. Praise God, I have got it made, amen. And I will say something, you young folk, you just getting your feet on the ground. I'm going to tell you right now, oh, 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 I wish I could really tell you how wonderful it is to serve Jesus, how wonderful it is to be saved. Thank God. I'll just go ahead and tell you, you don't have to go out in the world and check any of that junk out. I'll tell you from experience, it's a dead-end street. There ain't nothing out there that you need, amen. All you need is right here at Calvary Baptist Church. Hallelujah. That's all you need, Jesus. It's all you need, amen. Oh, yes. 
Oh, yeah. No need, to, no need to go try out cigarettes. No need to go try out beer. It's a dead-end street. There ain't nothing to it. All that stuff out there is astroturf. There ain't nothing real to it. I'm glad I got something real this morning. Hallelujah. In the Lamb of God and old-time Holy Ghost salvation. I'm glad I got something real. I'm glad I got salvation. Hallelujah. Thank God I got a salvation. That'll work. Amen. Oh, yeah. I got a salvation that works. I'm not working for it, but it works. Praise God, I found out it'll do. It'll do, Brother Watson, in the darkest hours of my life. Praise God, I'm glad. Hey, something on the inside of me spoke to me and said, boy, you're going to be all right. Praise God. There's enough grace to go through the darkest hours of your life. There's enough grace to face anything you need to face. I'm glad I got something on the inside of me. Hallelujah. That's better than what the devil's offering me and giving me. Thank God for old time, Holy Ghost, salvation, amen. Woo, amen. Oh, it works, friend. Oh, it works. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful, amen. No looking back. Hey, you get saved, don't never look back. There may be some temptations to do it, but you just go ahead and look for the exit door, Amen. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I believe it is. Therefore, no temptation taking you much is common to man. He said he'd make a way of escape, amen. I preached on that Sunday morning on the great escape, amen. Thank God, that's right. Just look for the exit door. That old temptation comes by. Hey, some of you young folk gonna be tempted now. Now, the environment and setting you're in, if you stay, stay around this environment, you'll probably have a little, a little bit less. You get away from the church, you get out there in the world, oh, brother, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come in like a flood on you. That's right. Oh, you stay close to Jesus. You stay in love with Jesus. If you're saved, you stay in love with the man of God. Stay in love with the school. Stay in love with the church. Love your mom and daddy. Amen. Oh, that's exactly right. Oh, listen, just stay with God. Ain't no need to look back. Oh, no, friend, ain't nothing back there. Ain't nothing back there. Amen. Ain't nothing there. I'm just telling you that because some of you don't know there ain't nothing back there. I'm telling you there ain't nothing back there. Amen. Me first. The conditions, the true discipleship, is easy to trace. It's denial of self and a daily cross bearing are the master's demands. If you go back in the chapter down to verse 23, we read these words. Luke 9, 23. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever, are we listening? For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be a castaway? The first points to the exercise of our own will. It said, let him deny himself. Now, brother, if you think that's a big task, that's a big task to deny yourself. 
You say, why? Because we love ourselves. Our flesh likes to be pampered and petted. That's right. If I'm going to follow my Lord, I'm going to have to find a place where I get on the cross. I'm going to have to carry the cross. The second points to the submission of of another. He said, let him, and then he said, take up his cross and follow me. The first one's up to you. But Jesus said, now I want you to follow me. That's right. So who are you following? A lot of people follow a lot of people. I'm not all that big and all that stuff on social media and all that stuff. I don't really, personally don't fool with all that stuff. And so I've heard about all these people that's got X amount of followers, like millions of followers. And it's over a bunch of junk about somebody's life that I don't care nothing about, so I don't do it. Uh, someone said the life of self is death, but the death of self is life. I love Romans chapter 8. And then I'd say that my flesh don't like it at all. My inner man does. It's hard on no flesh. Hey, you might as well go ahead and agree. This old book's hard on no flesh. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If the average Baptist, Baptist could get a hold of that little phrase right there, that little verse, it would change our churches all across America. Carnally minded is death. Carnal, fleshly is what that means. Carnal minded. Listen, I know God ain't made us a bunch of monks. I'm not a monk, amen. We have things we do. We have things that we enjoy doing. I'm not knocking none of that. We all have our, our little hobbies sometimes, things we get to go out and do. I'm not saying we don't do that stuff, okay? Because sure. I do it myself. But what I'm saying is I can't allow that stuff to come in front of the Lord Jesus. Right. And so I have to keep some of that stuff at bay sometimes, amen. That's right. Uh, and so, uh, so my conclusion this morning is this. Is there any hope for me first? <clears throat> Let me get right here right quick and read this verse here. Colossians 1.18. And he is the head of the body of the church at the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Matthew 6, 33, but first seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then you hope for me first. Mark 9 is an interesting little story. Mark 9, 33. Mark 9, 33, and he came to Capernaum and being of the house, he asked him, what was it that you disputed among yourselves by the way? I mean, Mark 9, 33, verse 34, but they held their peace 
For by the way, they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And then next four words breaks my heart and he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, if any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all, servant of all. And he took a child. He took a child. He's teaching these old rugged, rough disciples of his. A little lesson on humility. I'm pretty sure he's on his way to the cross shortly. He's having to stop these disciples from fighting and bickering about who's going to be the greatest. Jesus took a little child. So this is what you need to be started acting like and be like. I hope that God will help me no matter how old I get or whatever goes on. I, I want a little bit of that childlikeness in my life. I don't ever want to be afraid to say, Father, hold my hand. I'm scared. I don't ever want to be afraid to say, Lord Jesus, would you you please help me? I can't do this. I can't handle that. For the believer, if you're saved here today, me first is in disagreement with the Savior. Somebody said it's only when we forget about ourselves that we can do something that will be remembered. If you're a believer and me first is dire, you're in disagreement with the Savior, you're in disagreement with the Scriptures. We've read plenty of them this morning, many more we could read. The Apostle Apostle Paul spent his, his lifetime writing all those epistles we have in our good King James Bible and a lot of that is dealing with the self life. I was thinking about why Brother Wentz was preaching about that breakthrough. Oh, how we need that. If my people, which are called by my name. Well, we can't hardly get over the first hurdle. Humble. Themselves. We might as well just go ahead and say amen. We're proud people sometimes. Humble themselves and pray. Seek my face and turn from the wicked ways. Then, and I believe only then, I'll hear from heaven. Give sin who you are. Uh, this me first is in disagreement with the Savior, with the Scriptures. It's in disagreement with spirituality. You're not very spiritual if it's me, if it's me first. 
We're not spiritual beings if it's me first. You know, it's amazing how I have said this myself. I'm guilty just as anybody else is, but Brother Watson, I've said many times, oh, how I want to be like Jesus. <laughs> Brother, when it comes to being like him, that's more than just words. Won't be like Jesus. Well, you really won't be like Jesus. Well, we know what he did. He's the epitome of what I'm preaching about this morning. He denied himself all the way. It was never about him. It was never about him. It was all about us. He lived his life and died and went to the cross of Calvary and did that for us. He lived a selfless life for us. Well, guess what? I preached a message years ago on dying that others may live. You know what those four men did? And I'm not trying to add that great message, but those four men had to die of their self. They had to die of their self before they could help anybody. That's what I'm going to have to do more of. That's what I'm going to have to do more of. I'm preaching to me. That's right. I'm trying to get done here. A.W. Tozer said we must do something about the cross and only one of two things we can do, flee it or die on it. J.C. Riley said look to the cross, think of the cross, meditate on the cross and then go and set your affections on the world if you can. How do we do it, preacher? How do I do it? How do I do it? How can I think about it, meditate upon it? How can I look at it and then set my affections on the things? How do we do that? I don't think we're getting a good enough glimpse of it. May the Holy Spirit make the sufferings of Christ real to our hearts and minds this morning in such a way but I'll be willing to fall fresh and anew at his feet in the cross and say, God, it's, it can't be no longer me first. It's got to be you. Somebody said a crucified Savior will never be content to have a self-pleasing, self-indulging, worldly-minded people. Me first. I would say, for me, no me at all. I believe that was John the Baptist's desire in John 3.30. He must increase, but I must decrease. It's got to be more of him and less of me, more of him and less of me. Wouldn't it be a wonderful place to attain someday at that level where it would be all of him and none of me? I don't know if that's possible or not, but I believe it was in some of these people in the Bible's lives. I've read biographies. I've read, I've read missionaries who gave it all. Became 
none of them and all of him. I'd say, I'd say to the sinner here today that me first will take you to hell if you don't get rid of me first. He said it right here in Luke 9, 25. What, what's a man advantage if he gained the whole world? Gain the whole world, lose himself, be cast away. What difference would it make if you had all the money in the world? You lose your own soul. Well, honey, you missed heaven. You missed it all. You missed getting saved. You missed it all. Me first. I don't want it to be that way. I know we mud buddies now. We all made the same stuff. Okay. But I tell the Lord many times, I say, Lord, I, I really wish in my heart, I wish I'd never sinned against you again. And I know that's a part of me that don't. Holy Spirit don't. I'm talking about this old flesh, and I know that I'll never get to that point where I won't sin. This old flesh, there's no way. You, I, don't believe, I don't believe you can get, get over that at all. No, you, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle in this flesh till you lay it down. But somebody said this years ago, we, we may not quit sinning, but we can sin less. And so I want the Lord Jesus to help me. I want God to give me the power and the grace to say no to me first. You've heard this all your life. You're going to have real joy. Young folk, here's what real joy is. Jesus, others, and you. Jesus, others, and you. I never have more joy than when I'm doing something for somebody else. I'm not, I never have more joy in my heart, Brother Brown, than I'm, when I'm trying to be a help and a blessing to somebody else. I believe I call that phrase where the Bible says it to the joy that was set before him. I, can't, I ain't never been able to wrap my mind around that. I'm talking about the cross. The joy that was set before him. Well, I don't think there was all that much joy at that cross, but it was something beyond the cross. <laughs> it thrilled his soul. October 28, 1982. The Lord Jesus got me and found me and saved me. And I'm glad for, my, for me, I'm glad his, his, his death on the cross wasn't in vain. And I've heard preachers say this all the time. If I'd been the only one, he'd have went tired all the way to Calvary. But I wasn't the only one. He died for a world because he didn't put himself first. We're going to have revival. If you're going to have a breakthrough, we're going to have a move of God. We're going to have to deal with self. We're going to have to deal with me. Well, it's just too hard. It's just, it's just too much involved. There's too much I have to give up, too much sacrifice. <laughs> Jesus paid it all for us. 
we in turn ought to be willing if need be to lay our very lives down for the cause of Christ. So I covet your prayers for this old preacher. I want my life to be about him. My life to be about him, not me. You young folk, if you'd get a hold of this right now, just get a hold of this right now, preacher. If you get a hold of this right now, because your mind is ever more about that. But if you get a hold of denying me first, get rid of me first, and let Jesus be the leader and the ruler of your life, I promise you'd have a glorious life. Wonderful. No telling how many thousands of people can be saved. No telling how many revivals can be brought. No telling how many young people surrender to preach, young men surrender to preach. Get rid of self and me. Well, I'm going to stop right there, I guess. I'm trying to give you my heart. May God help preacher. Ain't got no choice. We got to. If we could ever get a hold of that message right there, change your life, change your marriage, change your relationship with your church, change your relationship with Jesus. Whenever he starts asking you to do something, the first thing you want to do is me first. It's not going to work. First time you hear preaching, the old flesh says me first. It's not going to work. 